Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Happy New Year's Eve. Let me move this here a little bit. I got this. I promise. It's so good to be here. I'm glad that you we this you you all decided to spend New Year's here, uh, New Year's Eve here in church uh, with your church family. And I was just so blessed by the worship, Kathy, and thank you so much for that, for the reading as well. And let's get into the, serv- uh, the sermon this morning. Every single year, people come up to me as the new year starts and they say, Joseph, this year I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I look at them and I think about the person and I think about the habits which they have. And the reality is, I don't believe them. I, I look at them, and depending on the enthusiasm on their face, I say, you got about six weeks, and then you'll be back to where you were. And it's funny, right, because people will say, this is the year of breakthrough, or this is the year of success, or this is the year that I will finally start changing my habits. And for many of us who have worked in a setting for such a long time, we look at them and I know it's tough and we want to believe and we want to say, yes, they are going to change or I will change. But the question always is, is that actually what is going to happen? I don't know, some of you may have already started your goals for 2023. We begin a new year tomorrow, which usually means we have to start writing down a new date, which is annoying for like the first month. Um, I really, that really does bother me. I'm sorry, the mic is going away from me. It's just Pastor Darren has different ears than me, so, you know, I have to adjust it a little bit. Sorry about that. Uh, usually now, right, the sadness starts to kick in a little bit because the kids are going back to school, the family members are going home, and for those of you who have kids in college, I know my mom used to always tell, tell me It always seems like a little piece of her heart is being ripped away every time I leave. You miss your loved ones that you got to spend time with. But now it's time for New Year's resolutions. It's time to hear the phrases, New Year, New Me. And all of a sudden, you go to the gym for those who have been constant with it, and the gym is full. And that's a little bit annoying, right? And I promise you, it will change in two months. Then it's going to be back to normal. The new diet starts as well, which means for those of you who said, finally this year I'm going to be vegetarian, and then all the vegetables come into the house, and it's different, and then you ask, and you look around, and like, where's the chicken? And you're like, not today. And then it, that happens as well. And if we, if we were to look for the, I did some research, I looked up the top 10 New Year's resolutions for the last 10 years. And the reality is it doesn't change. It is the same thing year in and year out. Number one is lose weight and go to the gym. I get it. Like, yeah, I know that's number one, but can we be like, I don't know, try something new? The next one is learn a new hobby. All right, I'm finally going to ride that bike I bought five years ago. Eat healthier and diet. Get out of debt and save money. Spend more time with family. Travel to new places, be less stressed, 
And for those of us at church, we possibly say, volunteer more at church and we can always use more help around here. <laughs> Read my Bible more. Have a better prayer life. Create healthier relationships with my church members and those around me. And every year we think of something new that we want to accomplish. Something new that we want to achieve because we know that if we do, our lives will be a little bit better. Our lives will feel more full. But in, in this time of New Year, it's also a time for remembering. And we brought that up today, Kathy. She brought that up. And remembering the good, the bad, and being thankful for what God has done for us in this past year. And this morning, I want us to open our Bibles or our phones or our iPads to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16. For some of you who've been in the church a long time, you know exactly where I'm going. It wouldn't be a New Year's sermon without this verse and without this text. Isaiah 43, chapter 16, and it says this. It starts off saying, this is what the Lord says. He who made, who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Like a wick. The Israelites in this moment were in captivity in Babylon. They are tired again. They are weary. They're once again searching for God. And we see that Isaiah starts off by telling them and reminding them what, had, what God has done for them in the past. And I love it here. He talks about what God has done for his people. And he's reminding them that story of Exodus, which they had heard from time and time and time again. And perhaps they had heard it so much, it started to wear off on them a little bit. Perhaps maybe they just didn't believe what God had done for them previously. So he's trying to strengthen them and remember, remind them of who brought the Israelites out of Egypt. It was him. By his hand, he was able to extinguish the Egyptian army, which was a, the power at that time, and they were defeated by his hands. And if we were to reminisce what happened in 2022, what would we say? Maybe you were excited because this year was different from the past two years. You know, we finally are back in church. We finally have this feeling of normalcy in our lives. But maybe perhaps you lost somebody dear to you as well. And you're sad and you're struggling and you remember that person. Perhaps maybe you're dealing with a problem or a case that has gone on for years, for, for many, many years. And you thought finally in 2022 it was going to go away. But you find yourself in 2023 now and you're still struggling with the same issue. But there's some good as well. Maybe in this last year you were able to... Uh, welcome a new grandchild to the family. Maybe you finally graduated school and, or maybe you finally got the job that you were searching for. And we give thanks for that. And we're so grateful for what God has done. But you see here the good and the bad and I guess the saying goes the ugly as well. We can always look back and see how thankful we should be and how God has continued to grow each and every one of us. Let us keep on going. Verse 18. And it says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? 
You see, God knows human psychology too well, right? He, he, he understands, right? He says, do not dwell on the past. Forget the former things because he understands as humans, sometimes we have this saying, the good old days. I want to. I hear that a lot sometimes from my dad. He's like, man, the good old days. I was like, what was happening back then? You guys didn't have anything. No iPhone, no TV, no nothing. I'm like, what was happening? But we see here, right, and, and for us, the good old days is pre-pandemic, right? And we're trying to, trying to live in this world, and we're like, we need to do that, and we need to try this, and this worked before, Right? And in this retreat, right, we, we, we find as we're looking back to the good old days, we see that at times that hinders us from launching into the, new, to, to the future. You see, I, Isaiah doesn't want Israel to retreat from the past. He doesn't want them. He does want them, however, to remember the wilderness. He wants them to remember how they were able to conquer it with the help of God. He wants them to remember that through only a relationship with him, that they can continue to move forward time and time again. He wants them to remember exactly how God has moved in his life. Because when he's saying forget the former things, he's not telling them to forget that. He's, he's not, when he says do not dwell on the past, you kind of think he's talking about the past, but what does he mean by that? He's just talking, he's trying to remind them that yes, that past did happen. Look, it did happen, and it was beautiful, and it, um, it was amazing. But right now, what I am doing is something new. Right now, what I am doing is for you and not for them, which is special, which is different, which is unique for the person who you are. And sometimes we forget that. We want to live back, and we're not the same person now that we were three years ago. We are not the same church now that we were three years ago. He is doing something new in our lives and in our church, and all he's saying that it is happening. Let us not forget it. And it's hard, right? Because I can tell you I'm one of those people who look, in, look into the past sometimes, right? One of the things that has haunted me forever was when I was in college, and I was playing soccer for PUC, and I was in the great best shape of my life and I loved it and I was so happy I can run miles under six minutes I can run for days I can kick the everything was perfect and I look back to that self nowadays and I'm like all right Joseph this is the year you finally get back to that and it's been tough I'm not gonna lie the past seven years I've been searching and it still hasn't happened but maybe you're like me in that sense right or maybe you're 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 the type of person who likes looking towards the future Right? You're like, oh, that's going to happen. Oh, I need to prepare for this. I need to plan for this. The kids are growing. This, this, and that. And the list goes on and on and on and on. When sometimes we forget that we have to be present and we have to be where our feet are. Because only right, right now is when God is doing a new thing in our lives. And we just have to say, Father, I'm here. Guide me. Be with me as I head into 2023. Just two years ago, uh, there was, they did this study recently about New Year's resolutions, and it turns out between the years 2020 and 2021 and 2019 that New Year's resolutions seem to have gone down. Usually around 45% of individuals make resolutions. The numbers are staggering. Only about 9% actually follow through with it. 
But between the years of the pandemic, there was only about 20% of people who, are, who, are, who wanted, were looking forward to the new year. That were saying this year is going to be better than the last year. And it's unfortunate, right? Because every year you would hope that it's going to be better than the last. Right? But sometimes what happens is that when we look at what was happening back then, we, we were fighting these battles within ourselves and within our congregation and arguing over things that we thought had so much importance. But in reality, those disagreements which brought us apart was Satan working in our church. And he was trying to drive us apart as a community. But look, now we're here in 2022, right? We came back to church. We're here now. Look, we're happy where everything is okay, right? And, and I, I saw this quote this week that 2022 was for healing. Now 2023 is time of doing. And I believe that. We suffered so much. We went through so many mental health aspects and being stuck at home. And this 2022 has been a time to kind of readjust ourselves to society, to be here with one another and to remember what it's like. But now that time, it is time for us to move forward in growth and dreaming and what God has in store for his church in 2022 and 2023. 20, uh, two weeks ago, I had the privilege of going to Thailand uh, for, to do a week of prayer over there. It was an amazing time. I enjoyed it a lot. And praise God that uh, the, the school had been doing some work with some students, and they, they were doing Bible studies, and 21 students decided that they wanted to get baptized. And it was, and it was such an amazing thing to see, and, and I had this a, a really good translator, which was good for me, right? And they took us there on Friday night, and we were meeting with the students, and we were talking with them, and I just remember seeing their faces and asking these simple questions. Why do you want to follow Jesus? What is going to change in your life? And, and I love to hear their answers, and it was amazing to see because there's nothing better than seeing a new believer come into the fold, right, and how excited they are and how amazing there is, and they're like, yes, this is going to be awesome, I'm getting baptized, and then in the new year, I can finally go back home, right, it's a Buddhist country, and I can be this new light for the people in my, in my household, because over there in Chiang Mai, it's a rural region, so they have to go hours, most of the students dorm, and not a lot of people know about God, and I was just listening to their stories and the excitement about them. And then I saw last week as Cody got baptized as well and listening to what he had to say. And it's just so beautiful that they felt, felt this need that their life had been restarted and they finally got the reset that they were looking for. And that they're so excited to see what God was going to do in their lives. I want us to go to the book of Colossians chapter 3. We're going to be um, reading uh, verse 1. I'm going to be reading from the message translation for verses 1 through 4. And it says this. It says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection, life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is seeing things from his perspective your old life is dead your your new life which is your real life even though invisible to spectators is with christ and god he is your life when christ your real life remembers shows up again on this earth you'll show up too the real you 
the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. I love it. This first part, I just like, it says, if you're going to be serious about living like Christ, act like it. That's tough. If you're going to be serious about your New Year's resolutions, act like it. If you're going to be serious about the things which God has put onto your life and the new thing which he's doing in your life, act like it. Don't run away from it. Don't hide it. Act like it. Your old life is dead and your, your new life, which is your real life, right? We, when we got back, when we decided to follow Jesus, our old life was done for. We are here now in this moment. We are here now able to do something amazing. This gospel calling which has been given to us. And he's saying, this is it now. Make realistic goals. Find accountability partners. Do what God has calling to you and talk to people and say, this is what I feel God is calling me in my life. And we say, as a church community, amen, we're here. Let's work together and let's figure it out. Especially in this new year. That is what it's about, right? Many people, we look at the new year as a reset time, as a way we can kind of put away everything that has happened and say, okay, I'm going to start over. So let's start over. If we're going to start over, let's do it the right way. Not the way we've been doing it for such a long time. I once had this roommate, and he might be watching this right now. And I hope, uh, you know, good thing there's a 10-second delay because... This is, this is going to be fun, but I remember one day we were at home, and uh, all of a sudden, I started hearing a bunch of thuds on the bathroom door, which was adjacent to his, and I, I of course, the curious person I am, I peeked through my door to see what was happening, and I, I start to see this pile of clothes just, just coming, he's just throwing things and throwing things and throwing things, and I look at him, and I'm like, Kev, um, are you okay? And he looks at me, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? says, I'm throwing out my closet. I'm like, why? I'm like, those are nice clothes. He's like, because I don't like anything that I have to wear. I was like, I, I guess. Like, I've seen your, I've seen your outfits before. I, I guess it was time for that. I'm just kidding. He dresses really well, actually. But he was just like, I'm tired of the clothes I have. I need this, I need this, this, this fresh new start. So he threw everything out. He donated it somewhere. He gave it to people. I, I forgot what he did with it, right? But for the next couple months, every time he would go out shopping or just go out in general, he would come back with a new bag of H&M or something type of clothing. And I was like, man, you're really, you're really taking this thing seriously. And every time it was my job as a roommate, right, he would come back home. He'd take off the tags. He'd go change. And he'd be like, hey, what do you think? And then I'm like, hmm. And I would look. I'm like, no, nah, I don't like it. And then, and then he'd be like, what do you mean? But I love it. I'm like, okay, then you're fine. And because that, sometimes that's all you need to say. So he started, uh, he started doing this. And every time he'd go home, he would, every time he'd go out and he'd go to the store, he'd buy, bring a new pair of clothes, bring a new pair of clothes. And he was so happy when he finally finished his wardrobe. And I was like, man, that's awesome. But a problem started. Now I wanted to go out and buy a whole bunch of clothes because I looked at it. I'm like, man, that's nice, man. Like, look at all these things, these new jackets, these new shirts. You're like a whole new person. 
And, and, and he, was, he was super excited about that. And I just remember thinking about it, and I'm not going to lie, when I first saw him doing this, I was judging him really, really hard. Because I was like, what is, you're, everything is perfectly fine. Like, this, you're, you're okay. Like, this is who you are. Like, why are you trying to change what you are doing? And then I remember one day he preached a sermon about this very experience. And he's like, the reality was I wasn't happy with that person. I wasn't happy with those clothes. I wasn't happy with everything that was going on at that moment. He's like, in my heart, I felt like I was called to just try to change certain aspects of my life. And that is why I did that. And then I felt super bad after that. I was like, oh, man, that's my fault, right? Don't judge, right? Bible tells us don't judge. You don't know what's going on in somebody's life. And right now we're going to be in Colossians. We're going to go down real quick. We're going to go to chapter uh, to verse 12 in chapter 3. Verse 12, so read with me, and it says, Since God chose you to be with holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with the tra- tender-hearted mercy, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. You look at these five things and they're kind of hard to layer upon each other, right? I think about it, I'm like, wow, patience, that's not one of my strong suits. And I think about that and I think, and I've heard it before, pastor, I'm trying to be patient, but there's just this one person. And I look at that and I'm like, I look at this verse too and it says, God chose you. And I think about that. I'm like, God chose me. God chose you. And the reality is God doesn't choose people just because he can. God chooses people because they are up for the challenge and because he knows that they can do it. There is nothing that we cannot do without the help of our Father. You see, if we want to be tender-hearted and mercy, tender-hearted mercy with that person, we can do that with God. If we want kindness to take over our lives with each individual and layer upon each other, we can do that with God. If, some, if somebody here is struggle, struggling with humbleness, you can do it. I promise you, you can. Gentleness and patience, and we see these layers, and they're so beautiful because when you put it all together, there is this amazing person that comes out of it it's a follower of jesus christ and we keep on going in verse 13 he says make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you remember the lord forgave you so you must forgive others above all clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony Man, make a, forgive anyone who offends you. That's so tough sometimes. And yeah, we're Christians, but I'm sure there are people here who still have this grudge against somebody. And I don't know who that is, but it is time to forgive. Remember what Jesus has done for us. We must forgive each other and continue to clothe yourself in love. And I love that last part. Continue above all. Love each other. Love your neighbor. Love everybody around you. Love this church. Love the community that's out there. Love those who bother you and who are annoying, who perhaps you just don't like that much. Love them as well. And then verse 15, it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. This is the one body right here. This is the member right here, the membership. 
And that peace that we're supposed to have, that peace that we long for every new year, that peace that we want to take over our lives every single day comes from Christ ruling in our hearts. There's no other way. There's no secret. That's it. And that's what I'm longing for. And it loves this. And I love this last part, right? Because this peace, right, this love, it will bind us all together in perfect harmony. It, there won't be fighting. There won't be people with differing opinions, right? That's always going to happen, right? But we will always be together in perfect harmony. Does, nobody's going to be out of tune. Nobody's going to be singing a different chord. But we're together as one. In verse 15, it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and be thankful. And then 16, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Can I get an amen, church family? Oof. Sing psalms like we've been doing today in hymns, right? Counseling each other. This is the new year, right? Tell me about your goals. Tell me what you want to do. Let's talk about it. You have, a pro- you have something you want to know about scripture? Let's talk about it. Let's be that church community that's there for one another, regardless of the circumstances. And I love this. Be thankful. Be thankful always. 2022, I'm thankful for a lot of things. And I know you are as well. Let's never forget what he's already done in our lives, and he will continue to do in the future. The SDA Bible commentary, it says this about uh, Colossians, says, those who have been set aside, who are separate from the world, and who are devoted to the service of God, holiness is the manifestation of a life in perfect agreement with God. Ellen White writes it like this. She says, kneeling in faith at the cross, he has reached the highest place to which man can attain. Acts of, Acts of the Apostles 209. You see, each year we try to achieve and we try to reach this, our goals that we have, right? But the goal that we should be trying to attain is to be kneeling in faith at the cross always. That is the highest place which we can achieve, which means that we are one with God and that he is all, all fulfilling in our lives. And I want to say a bold statement here as we get to the close. This year will be the best year of your life only if it's the best spiritual year of your life and you are led by the Spirit. Let me repeat that. This year will be the best year of your life only if it is the best spiritual year of your life and we are led by the Spirit. You see, we know how the years go, right? It ebbs and flows. The good times will come, the bad times will suffer, right? That's natural. We will cry together, we will laugh together, and we know that's coming. But something that we can do, and one of the goals that we should set this new year, is as simple as this. Let us be as close as we can to our Father. Let Jesus flow through our hearts May we become a representative of who Jesus is, and we as an individual will have the best year possible. 
If we be our representative collective of who Jesus is, this church community will be a blessing onto our, the world and to our, our local community as well. I am so grateful, right, for what 2022 had. And I'm so grateful for all the memories I had, the people I met. 2022 brought me here to Cala Mesa. And though I still don't know most of your names, I'm so glad to be here. And I promise you that I will get them one day. I can't tell you when, though, but it's on my New Year's resolutions list, <laughs> all right? But I'm also excited for 2023 because I know that God is going to do a new thing here. I know that God is going to continue to flow through us and that most importantly, right, that we are going to be a representative of who he is to the best of our abilities. May God bless you. Every day before I would go to school, my mom would recite the number six blessing, even on the days where we were running late and I was running out of the car because I was late for band. But it was something that has always stuck with me. And right now, I just want to read that for our benediction. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Amen. Amen.